Happy National Cat Lovers Month, everyone. This is Liz, and here's the lineup of episodes for you to share with your feline friend in December of 2022. It's our annual end-of-the-year recap on this month's Popping Callers. Hear what we think are the most perfect pop culture moments of 2022. Greg has a captivating new interview on Under the Stole this month. He welcomes director Lila Neugebauer on the pod to talk about her feature film debut, Causeway, starring Jennifer Lawrence and Brian Tyree Henry. Breakout the Gowns and Tuxedos is going on 30 celebrates its third annual Golden Poppers this month. See what movies our listeners thought were the cat's meow. Finally, Greg and Ryan's journey on the Camino de Santiago has finally reached the end of its nine lives when they discuss the region of Galicia and what it feels like to arrive at one of the world's most famous cathedrals. Don't worry, we're just kitten around with all these cat puns. <laughs> what we really want to say is thanks for being with Popping Colors all year long, and we look forward to bringing you wonderful new shows in 2023. Keep those collars popped. Welcome back to The Sacred Six. Sometimes an item in pop culture is just too big for one podcast episode. That's where this show steps in. I'm your host, Greg Knight. With me one last time, our very special guest, Ryan Parker. Ryan, you have made it. How does it feel? How many more kilometers do we have left? <laughs> I love it. Kilometers. That's something that like, I had to immediately shift back to miles when I, uh, when I got home. Exactly. I remember saying something to my wife about like, Oh, I think it's like 20 kilometers away or something. She's like, no, we're not doing that. (laughs) Uh, Ryan and I are looking back at our individual experiences of hiking the Camino de Santiago in Spain. And this month, focusing on the region of Galicia. So, Ryan, when you think back on arriving in Galicia or even in Santiago de Compostela itself, what is it that you remember? If we're going to jump ahead to Santiago, just a huge feeling of accomplishment. I mean, I, you're talking about, we talked about with the Cruz de Ferro being emotional, sentimental. There was a lot of that. I mean, I don't know if, if I cried, but it was so exciting. The morning of the last day being so excited, like mm-hmm. amped and hoping, oh man, I hope I don't sprain an ankle in these next few kilometers. And just the joy, the excitement, it reminded me a bit of Mardi Gras, like just the celebratory atmosphere and wondering what it would be to live in that city, be like to live in that city and be surrounded by that. I know it's probably fun, but also maybe sometimes annoying, but no, we, we got to the cathedral and, you know, threw our packs on the ground. We started to see people that we recognized or people that we knew come in and to be able to greet them or, or, you know, they greet us was, it was amazing. I mean, and then I took a shower and I went straight to the tattoo parlor and got a tattoo <laughs> uh, to com- to commemorate the journey and um, and then found a craft beer bar. But it was it was great. But that whole region, which is what what would you say uh, on average, maybe the last is it the last week? ish? Yeah, it's about six days. Six days. Yeah, total. We about in the last episode. It's just different. There's more people. Um, it's a little bit commercialized. Well, a lot commercialized. There are tour groups, tour buses, dropping people off, picking people up. 
And you kind of got to just look past that and focus on your own experience, Mm -hmm. you know, one foot in front of the other. Good morning, everyone. It is day 26 on the Camino de Santiago. And it is day one of our Galicia episodes. We have finally made it to Galicia. Galicia is the region where Santiago de Compostela actually is. So we've made great progress, you guys. We are currently walking from O Sobrero, way up on top of a hill, to a town called Triacastella. Fun facts about Triacastella. I don't know, not many fun facts. Congratulate yourself on the job well done. <laughs> the, the pass into Galicia has been overcome. And from here on out, the mountains soften in severity. What's going on now that we passed over into Galicia? Well, um, the push-up uh, Osobrero is no joke, you guys. It's a big mountain uh, that you have to climb. And it's been extraordinarily hot. Uh, one of the reasons I actually wanted to stay in Osobrero is uh, because frequently, probably like 360 out of 365 days of the year, there's, um, uh, this is a region where like, you know, clouds form and stuff like that. And, um, you'll just wake up inside of a cloud and it'll lift off of the earth and float down into the valley below. And it's just fabulous. But I think we hit one of the five where it was just blazing hot. And if you've ever sort of, um, uh, lived in the south and had a power outage and it's that kind of like you don't have air conditioning and it's so sticky and nasty feeling that's uh, that's what it's like to try to sleep in this weather because uh, Spain doesn't have air conditioning because why would they need it and there's a couple of things that are on my mind one is having done the last hundred kilometers before I just kind of have this like itching feeling of what is that nostalgia going to be like, you know, when I finally hit Saria again and see all of the stuff that I saw seven years ago, you know, is it just going to wash over me? What's going to happen? So that's part of it. And then the other part is, uh, now having experienced this as a, as a full pilgrim, as like, you know, someone who's done it since St. Jean. It really is like there's a there's a mental block that comes in when you see a bunch of new people like we saw today um, at breakfast. Uh, it's an odd feeling. It's not necessarily a judgmental feeling. It's not like, oh, who are these people? It's just that you've learned how to navigate this idea of pilgrimage for the last 25 days. And now the rules that you've learned are all gone because there's more people and there's more tourism and there's more trinket shops for you to buy stuff at and it's just like it's just a very different experience from what you've come to know as pilgrimage up to this point so it can be very jarring like you know here at the moment where things are supposed to be coming a little more real now things are becoming a little more fake, right? Like, it's almost like I'm trying to be sold something here at the end. And um, 
And the real thing that I was looking for was way back there, you know? So, uh, so Galicia is going to have some challenges. And I think, honestly, the spiritual challenge is just looking for the truth in the midst of t-shirts and keychains and uh, little fake license plates with your name on them. It's, uh, um, so we're going to try to focus on what's been true of our experience up to this point. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to day 27 of the Camino de Santiago. Only four days left after today, which is incredible. We are currently walking from Tricastea to Barbadello. Barbadello. Fun facts about Barbadello. Barbadello small as it is, once housed a monastery in 874. The current church dates from the 12th century and has several quality sculptures, including the animals carved into the north portal. It is 50 meters off the Camino, to your left. We are getting to the point now where uh, we're going to start adding a bunch of pilgrims. So Saria is the starting point for um, pilgrims who want to get a Compostela but want to do the bare minimum in order to do so. Uh, so for instance, um, you only need to walk 100 kilometers to receive a Compostela, which is basically a certificate saying that you walk the Camino de Santiago. And Saria sits roughly a hundred kilometers away. It's like the the first major town that's a hundred kilometers away. So it takes typically most people five days to walk from Saria to Santiago. It's uh it's only gonna take me four days because I'm gonna be skipping around and staying at off towns. Uh what this allows me to do is not get caught up in giant packs of people and hopefully uh, have a bed uh, to sleep in when I get to an albergue. So in the past I've walked that Saria Santiago route before and Saria was the beginning for me. But now Saria very much feels like an ending. Like today it kind of feels like the end of my Camino experience, even though I have four days left, it like it, because I'm going to be walking um, paths I've already walked before. So what I'm doing right now is sort of the last new experience that I've got left on this whole thing. That's a little surreal. It's very choose your own adventure. The uh, Camino experience, and in fact, like what I'm doing right now, I just, we just had another split in the road, and now I'm walking towards uh, the Samos Monastery. You know, you just kind of create whatever it is you want your Camino experience to be, and we're going to push on here and get to some familiar territory and start to experience all the nostalgia from seven years ago and the first time I ever set foot on the Camino. Can't wait. It's going to be 
Very weird. Alright, talk to you later. Hey guys, uh, just wanted to give a quick update. Um, stopped at a cafe just outside of Samos Monastery. Samos Monastery, by the way, gorgeous. Hang on, let me see if I can find some fun facts. And by the way, I've been getting all of our fun facts from an app called Wise Pilgrim. You should get it, download it, it's really good. So uh, Samos, uh, the monastery that dominates the small village, the monastery albergue here is reminiscent of the old albergue in Roncesvalles. One long vaulted space full of hobbling pilgrims, snoring and laughter. I cannot recommend the experience enough. Okay, so you could stay there. Well, that's exciting. But while I was at the cafe, I uh, was watching news reports and there's more fires. Uh, this time in the area where I am again. Uh, so, you know, remember I, we started this whole thing back in Navarra with fires just outside of Pamplona. Now there's fires down in Portugal uh, and the southern part of Spain that are sort of slowly working their way north. Um, hopefully they get them contained. I don't think it's going to affect the rest of my trip, but again, these, uh, these wildfires are incredibly unusual. Uh, certainly unusual in Navarra. Um, wildfires have been known to occur in Galicia, where I am now, uh, because the eucalyptus groves that they have here are extremely flammable. I, I mean, it's just, it's just something, it's just been so hot, you guys. And the, uh, fires have been kind of spreading out of control. And so, um, and so this experience is going to start with fires and it's going to end with fires. Unfortunately, a really sad commentary on the state of our world, but also um, a constant reminder that we can't take these things for granted. Um, you know, when we come out here uh, on these Camino journeys, we're pilgrims, we're tourists, essentially, uh, just walking across this country. But there are people who live here whose livelihoods are here. You know, I'm walking through these little rural towns with, like, a population of five, population of six, and they're just trying to make ends meet. And fires can be absolutely devastating in this context. So I'll keep you posted, but, you know, with four days left, um, not anticipating uh, that I'll be pulled off the Camino or anything, but... Uh, you know, scary times in Spain right now, this summer, summer of 2022. So, um, so please keep them in your, uh, prayers. A lot of addendums, um, but I didn't want this to go without being said. This may be my favorite day on the Camino, which is to say I'm alone on the trail. It's a beautiful sort of soft natural dirt trail through the woods tons of shade no bugs which is incredible and uh it just kind of feels like an hour of last things like um it's not gonna be like this uh by the end of the day and so i just wanted to take a moment and say this has been my best day <laughs> on the trail and that's not because I don't like people. I love people. 
there's something about like connecting to the world around you. It's just really powerful. I'm glad I had this moment. I would say it feels like an epilogue a little bit. It doesn't really feel like a chapter of the Hmm. journey. Interesting. So in my mind, um, the last sort of very exciting thing that happened was climbing Osabrero and getting up to the top of Osabrero and seeing my friends up there and getting to all sort of celebrate together. Like, I can't believe we just did that. That was a crazy hard climb up a mountain in blazing hot sun. Like, I can't believe we all did it. Great job, everybody. And it's like that big sort of big celebration moment. And then on the other side of it is just like these, I mean, not even rolling hills. It's just like you just walk through forests and, you know, maybe up a little bit, maybe down a little bit. But it's there's nothing there's nothing difficult about walking through Galicia. Those forests are beautiful. The forests are gorgeous. And uh, they're like eucalyptus groves. So depending on how you yeah. feel about eucalyptus, I, I love, love it. it. I think love it smells it. amazing. Um, you know, you're just, it's sensory overload. You've just got like these amazing smells and you're listening to like the sounds of the forests around you and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, it's like, there's, there are a ton of people that all of a sudden are part of this world and there's nothing really to speak of like in that final section, other than like you can get some amazing pulpo in Melita. But other than that, it's like there's there's no real like benchmark, you know, there's no cruise de ferro that's left for you on the trail. Oh, I or think anything you're like right. That. I mean, I think it starts to feel a bit man, repetitive is probably a hard word, but it it doesn't there's nothing new, which is why I think it's so important to look in at uh, look more inwardly yeah. as you as you wrap up the journey and I'm just going back through Samos is a place we stayed that has a big monastery there. Yeah. 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 We had a rest day there. I wish we wouldn't have done that because it was kind of a wasted day in terms of, you know, we, our bodies recovered, but at that point you've built up quite a bit of strength. You're kind of used to going every day Mm -hmm. and we didn't really need that compared to a lot of the other places you we've talked about. They're kind of nondescript. Porto Marine was a beautiful place the walk in across that big bridge Mm -hmm. was stunning but there's those experiences are a little fewer and further between i think in this section yeah like i said it just kind of feels like it feels like an ending if but it's like a a four-day ending if that makes sense you know it's like it's a very it's like a slow and gradual ending All right, here we go. It's day 28 on the Camino de Santiago. And it's already grounded, you guys. I got a group in front of me. I'm sure I got people behind me at this point. Uh, Trying to game the system a little bit. We're staying off phase, basically. Um, So there's like main towns that people stay at. And we're trying to stay in between those towns. So... uh, so we are leaving today from Barbadello and headed to Ventas de Naron. Okay, uh, these are not towns that many people talk about. So, fun facts about Ventas de Naron. 
The year 820 was an important one for Ventus de Neron and for Christian Spain. For Ventus, it was the site of a battle between the Muslim and Christian forces. The Muslim forces aimed to expand their territory to the north, and the Christians, led by the Asturian king Alfonso II, the chaste, hmm, sent them back. For Christian Spain, it was also the year that the bones of our favorite apostle were dis- rediscovered. Not long after the very same Alfonso would become the first pilgrim, the Primitivo would verify the relics, would build a church to house them, and would set in motion a course of events that would see the remaining Muslim forces defeated. Wow, what a what a unique way of summarizing history Elias Pilgrim has there. Uh, okay, so... What's happening now? Well, um, we are sort of past Saria at this point, which is like the big uh, starting point for a lot of pilgrims because it's the shortest distance to Santiago where you can still receive your Compostela. And, like I said before, this is part that I've already done before. So, yesterday when... Walking through Saria, I gotta tell you, the nostalgia factor was very real. And even now, as I'm walking th- down the street, like, it's it's pretty incredible. It's, you know, there's this thing that happens in your brain. So it was seven years ago, I did that trip. And I think that there's something that happens in your brain where you just store all of this stuff it's kind of like i mean it's memory clearly but it's almost like muscle memory it's almost like oh yeah 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 yeah. i've got all of this mapped out and it's like your brain like downloads the files and puts it back together and you're just like yeah yeah that's exactly what i remember even though the path looks the same the results of the path and Certainly everything that got me here this time around are very different. And so the path looks different to me now. It doesn't look like a beginning anymore. It looks like an ending. It doesn't look hard anymore. It looks very easy. Um, All of these things sort of uh, uh, factor into the experience over these next few days. But... Man, when I say the nostalgia hit me, it was like a wave kind of washing over me. When I hit sorry, I had to kind of stop for a second and get my bearings because it was just, it was that powerful. So just a brief addendum for day 28 uh, update on the fire situation. Uh, Walking down the trail, on my way to Puerto Marine. I wouldn't say I'm close to Puerto Marine yet, but, uh, you know, almost there. The smell of fire is in the air. Like, you can smell, you know, basically it just smells like a fireplace. Haze all around on the horizon, which uh, just sort of indicates that there's um, probably something going on um, pretty close by. Haven't seen many aircraft, though. Haven't seen uh, airplanes flying over, helicopters flying over, like we did when we walked to Puente Lorena. So I don't think uh, the danger is 
immediate to us here on the trail. Um, however, uh, it's pretty clear that the wind is blowing this direction. Hopefully it'll be okay. It's, uh, like I said, it's overcast, but it's not that overcast. It's like you're walking through smoke. It's kind of what it's like. Um, so there's clouds, but there's just like haze in the air. So definitely a hot tip if you are looking to avoid crowds from Saria to Santiago. Stay in off scheduled stops. Stay off the regular guidebook stops. Because I gotta tell you, I am walking right now on a perfectly empty Camino. Nobody in front of me. Nobody behind me. Not going to be anybody behind me because everybody stopped in Puerto Marine. And it's like being back in Navarra again. Like, it's pretty wild. Uh, out here all by myself in what's really the busiest section of the Camino. So, there you go. If you're looking for some quiet, peaceful time before you're about to enter Santiago... Uh, stay off the regular stop schedule. And, hey, uh, so as soon as I made that last update about, hey, if you want to walk by yourself, uh, staying off stages and stuff, uh, I got stopped by the Guardia Seville, which is like the police force on the Camino. And uh, they were asking me uh, if I had seen a lady on the trail who was under a tree, which I had. I, I passed a, a older woman, I don't know, like three or so kilometers back, uh, said hello to her, asked her if she was okay. She said she was fine. She, then she said, Buen Camino. And I was like, okay, well, she must be okay. But uh, what I didn't know is that she had called the Guardia Seville for assistance. And um, they couldn't find her on the trail. They were trying to figure out where she was. And so I was trying to help give them directions as best I could as far as how to find her. So anyway, all that being said, just remember if you are walking alone on the trail... Uh, make sure that you're fully equipped, that you have everything that you need, uh, because if you are alone, it could be a long time before somebody uh, can figure out how to get to you. PSA to go along with the other PSA saying, if you want to walk alone, do this. But if you're going to do that, be careful. There you go. Good morning, everyone. It is day 29 on the Camino de Santiago. And today we are walking from Ventas de Naron to Melide. Melide. Uh, some fun facts about Melide. Melide is an ancient settlement, and despite its importance as a natural crossroad since Neolithic times, it has never been protected by a wall. In medieval times, the overwhelming bulk of the town industries were tied to the Camino. This is evident today in the way the town is shaped. 
stretched out lengthwise along the Camino Road. Uh, what's going on? Well, uh, fires in the Galicia region, which I saw a little bit more of on the news yesterday, uh, which is horrifying uh, to see. And uh, actually, um, crossing over the highway the other day, right before Vincis de Neron, when we arrived, I saw a fire truck with its uh, lights going and uh, speeding down the highway. doesn't mean that they were, you know, that could be anything. But it does sort of bring this thing into focus that I find a little uncomfortable sometimes. And it's a little hard to put my finger on. But it's about, like, religion and spirituality. Okay, so here's the thing. We're doing this pilgrimage route, right? It's um, me and thousands of my best friends right now are walking this, uh, this pilgrim's way. And I'm not saying that it's not a unique experience and wonderful and all that. But at the end of the day, what we're all doing is walking down a path, just going whichever way a bunch of arrows tell us to, when there's like wildfires and stuff in the area, and you've got um, firefighters who are trying to keep people safe and protect people's land and homes, you can see why having a bunch of people walking through the area, you know, could maybe look a little annoying to them. Like, oh my god, this would be so much easier if you guys would just stop or not do this. I don't know, it's the nature of the pilgrim to wake up and walk and do it over and over again. I don't know, it feels like you're a bit of a lemming, you know? Like you're just like... Do to do. I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna follow this thing, this path, until it gets me to this big building at the end. And oh, is there danger? Oh, I didn't know. You know, and you just walk right into it. It's what what some people can sort of bristle at when they think about religion. It's like, oh, I'm giving away all of my individuality, or all of my independence, or all of my me. What makes me me? over to like a belief that makes me do things that are weird sometimes. Camino's a little weird, you guys. It's okay to say it, I think. Listen, I'm as spiritual as the next guy. I yeah, I believe in all of this and I and I believe that what we're doing is a good thing. You know, this pilgrimage act is a good thing. But, you know, every now and then practical Greg rears his head and says I don't know. It seems like you're just following what everybody else is doing. That always kind of galls at me <laughs> a little bit. So that's uh, that's been on my mind a little bit as we come to the end. Is you know a little bit of like where does this sort of spiritual experience bump up against real life experience, and how can those things sometimes uh, be a little tough to reconcile? Okay, so we got an addendum to day 29 as well. A lot happening today. Um, 
chiefly, uh, things seem to be in a little bit of a bizarro world. Usually on the Camino, churches are closed, bars and cafes are open. And so that's why when you go to get stamps, you have a ton of bar and cafe stamps and not many church stamps. Well, today it has been the opposite. I've been into three churches that I passed by on my last Camino that were all closed, including one just now, which is one of the oldest churches on the entire Camino. It's just fascinating to me that today all of these churches are have just open doors and I'm able to go in and get stamps and talk to the people that work there. Churches open, bars and cafes closed. So that's the order of the day. Yes, you can walk the last hundred kilometers of this thing and you can have a spiritual experience and that can be your Camino experience. Absolutely. hundred percent. But having had the 31 days of walking and that starting point and seeing that sign that you showed me the picture of, you know, that 790 kilometer marker sign. After the first day. Yes. And thinking of all the kilometers that exist between there and that cathedral, it's, it's just, it's, it's a perspective issue, right? Like it just adds so much more perspective to the entire thing. And you just, you come away with more appreciation, more sort of realization for the gift of this thing and a greater appreciation for the fact that the destination isn't what it's about. Like sitting in that plaza isn't what it's about. It was seeing the faces of my friends that I had made along the way. That's what it was. It was about the community, the love, the sharing and the support. Like yeah. that's what it was about. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to walk that and then be able to reflect like you have, I think your experiences of those last hundred miles have given you the opportunity to do that went in a really cool way. And for us, it was like that idea of, yeah, feel, I said this, um, well, I don't know if I said this, but like of, of feeling celebrated by the people who had also walked it with us, you know, and being able to celebrate them. I remember we went out that night with maybe four or five people and it was just, it was a true celebration. It was so it was so fun and it wasn't one of those things as a lot of people expect it gets out of hand. It was, it was in some ways pretty restrained um, because I think it's also this exhausting thing of like, yeah, I'm celebrating. I'm in a great mood, but man, that was a lot. Yeah. And I can't believe it's over, you know? And so it was kind of bittersweet, but, but thinking back about my family and realizing that we had not, it was really clear that there were, a handful of people, especially when we returned and people would ask us about it and talk to us about it, how we really weren't, I know this sounds cheesy, but how we weren't walking alone, that there were people who were following us, caring deeply about participating in this journey, thanks to technology and social media and things like that. And that just reaching the finish line, so to speak, that just, that felt even more real, right? Yeah. everyone. In the early morning of day 30 on the Camino de Santiago. Uh, Why early morning? Well, 
I'll explain in just a second. But first, uh, let's talk about where we've been, where we're going. We are leaving the town of Melida. Melide? Melida? Something. And headed to Opedruzo. Fun facts about Opedruzo. I don't really have any. Well, okay. The Camino between here and Santiago is a mixture of rural and urban settings. Some forests and some sprawl. The ups and downs that you have been experiencing continue. The elevation gain loss is not an insignificant amount. But, as you'll notice from that sentence, from Pedruzo to Santiago, that's right. That means that we are coming to the end of our journey. That means that after today, there's only one more day of walking, day 31, where we arrive in Santiago de Compostela. Unbelievable. 500 miles across Spain. Just tremendous thing. Um, Okay, so it's early morning. Why is it early morning? Well, two reasons. One, we're ripping off a giant band-aid today by walking from Melita to Opadruzo. This is uh, our longest day on the entire Camino. I think I've said that before, and I didn't realize that this day was coming. We're doing 33 kilometers today, so it's a heck of a long way uh, to get to Opadruzo. So I wanted to start early. But was able to start early because couldn't sleep because of the dorm situation last night. So let's talk about albergues for a second. So we've discussed the different kinds of albergues that there are that you can stay at along the way. But when it comes to actual dorm life, it can be pretty hit or miss as far as what kind of sleep you're going to get. Now, some things are out of your control. For instance... The time where I'm in Spain right now, like I've been talking about with the fires and stuff, it is blazing hot, you guys. Significantly over 100 degrees each day is what it tops out at. And it doesn't cool down at night. It's kind of like Florida. It's just like sticky, you know, 80-something degree weather at night. So, So you can imagine what that feels like if you don't have air conditioning, which nobody in Spain does. So you end up sort of just trying to sleep, but you're just sweating profusely the entire time. It's almost like you have a fever or something. Uh, There's so much sort of sweat pouring off of your body. Also, your dorm mates can be a big factor in how much sleep you get. So... Do you have tossy and turny people in your bunk? If you do, then you're probably not going to get a whole lot of sleep. Snoring? Snoring's fine. Like, I don't I don't mind snoring. I haven't done the earplugs thing because snoring, for the most part, doesn't wake me up. Talking, though. Holy cow, man. Like, you get a ton of talkers on this trip. I didn't necessarily realize how many people talked in their sleep. Until I did this trip, actually. So, last night, of course, Saturday night in Spain. Which means, well, we got a party. Which means there was a concert right outside of my albergue. till 2 o'clock in the morning. Great concert. Sounded like everyone had a wonderful time. 
Unfortunately, though, it meant a severe lack of sleep. So we left early because I just couldn't sleep. And I'd rather be outside walking where it's cooler than being than laying down inside of a hot dorm room in an albergue. So uh, pretty creepy so far. Uh, I've been walking through some dark forests at night. You know, not great. Some uh, some horror movie imagery definitely going on out here. You know, you also hear the crunch of the rocks behind you. And uh, you start to realize like where the inspiration for the movie It Follows came from. It's, it's pretty creepy. Good morning, everyone. It is day 31 on the... Camino de Santiago, and we are walking through the streets of Opedruzo on our way to Santiago de Compostela. Uh, some fun facts about Santiago de Compostela. Uh, there's a big cathedral there. That's one. It just tells you what to do if you're a pilgrim on this app. It doesn't have any fun facts about the city. So I'll tell you a fun fact. I was there seven years ago, a month ago. Arrived at the cathedral again. So, uh, so yeah, so I've been to the cathedral twice. This will be the third time. This time, very different. It was very special to walk um, 100 kilometers to the cathedral in 2015. It was very special to walk 117 kilometers to the cathedral uh, earlier this year. Uh, it's something wholly different to walk almost 800 kilometers to the cathedral. So here's what it's got me thinking about, and here's what this whole area of Galicia has me thinking about, which is experience. Experience. There's so much of this Galicia region that I've actually experienced before, just not in this way. What we make of our lives is it's all of these things kind of woven together um, and none of them are entirely accurate so like I have memories of this place but my memories I'm finding out are exaggerated or I mean not wrong just uh, different in some cases so you know where I think one thing is it actually turns out to be in another place and what I thought was a giant hill turns out to be a very small hill in the grand scheme of things. And what I thought was a long way turns out to be a very short way. And then there's other things that are perfectly vivid and exactly the way they are in my memory. I guess what I'm trying to say is that so much of what this trip is isn't about today. It isn't about arriving in Santiago de Compostela. It's about seven years ago um, on the very first pilgrimage that I did. It's about the pilgrimage program that we started with our youth group. It's about the changes that happened from when I was supposed to go on this trip two years ago when COVID hit. It's about the changes that have happened in my life. It's about the death of parents. It's about the Navarra and fire and loss. It's about La Rioja and discovery and 
finding things again. It's about the Masetta and the treadmill of daily walking and finding your people. It's about El Bierzo and change. And it's about Galicia and the experience of all of it. So you said that you would do another Camino. Mm -hmm. I'd like to do as many as I possibly can. I mean, this is a logistics <laughs> thing for us, as I know it is for so for most everybody. Yeah, it's you know, and also that we love to travel and we're always trying to go new places. But I'm always aware of when we may have. Um, we're in one of those moments now, but we've we've had a big move and moved into a new house, our first house as a couple. That you know, travel may not happen for a little while, but. Um, I'm always looking for opportunities where we can get a stretch of time off to undertake something like this. For us, it's been four years when we started. And, um, you know, I, I hope that within the next four years, we might be able to do another, whether it's the Porto or we just do another long walking trip. But I think yeah. the Porto route is is kind of high on our list. Well, I think that there's there's two different ways of looking at it. And I think that that's a, that's a totally right way of looking at it. And there there was a time in my life that I would have said, that's how I see it too. Like that, like I would hundred percent do it again. But I think for me, like, I think I just fell down on the side of thinking of this as just an amazing one time experience in life. You know, it was great. And it, it's going to live for the rest of my life in that world of sort of memory. And like, I'm always going to know, and like, the good times, the hard times, the boring times, the frustrating times, the joyous times, the times of all, like all of it's just going to live there. And I know a lot of people can do that with like even separate trips, like each trip can have its own identity and stuff like that. But yeah, I think, I think for me, like it's, it's one of those spiritual things that I only need once. So here I am, staring at a cathedral, thinking about, well, what was this all about? Why did I walk across the country to get here? I think it was about being better. I think it was about being a better person, being a better father, being a better husband, being a better human being on the planet. I think it was about challenging myself physically, mentally, spiritually, and coming out the other side, hopefully a changed person. Ultimately, you know, it was about learning, learning what I could do, learning from other people, from other cultures, from other people's stories and experiences, uh, gaining wisdom through experiencing life. It's easy to get scared. And it's easy to give in to fear. And what fear does is it, it makes us sort of shut down and not take on risk, right? But risk is where life happens. And so, what I would say in this moment, staring at this cathedral, I would say to... Camino Greg, who is leaving Los Arcos right now 
and is discouraged about how the Camino is going and what's happening and is he going to make it I was what you are and soon you will be what I am and that's the Camino Ryan, uh, thank you so much for coming on and talking the Camino with me for six episodes. I can't believe I was able to get you back here for six episodes. So fun. Um, hey, uh, do me a favor. Uh, can you remind our folks at home uh, where you're from and what it is that you do? Okay. Well, that's a complicated question. Suddenly, until three months ago, California was home. Uh-huh where Amy and I had lived for 20 years and uh, we recently moved to Mississippi. Um, at the moment, I still do, you know, work in film marketing, publicity, consulting, which is how I know you and some of the work we've done together. And so that, that work continues. Um, and I'm also working on another project now, a biblical movie poster collection that I'm helping curate and write a podcast and a teaching module for. So Film, film and religion, film and spirituality, what have you. So right. Uh, that's why you're the perfect guest for this pod. Thank you, Ryan, for uh coming on. Keep those colors popped. We'll see you next time. And one last time, here it is, your Camino moment of sin.